Ukraine, it is a hidden treasure for any curious person all around globe. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. In reality, Ukrainian people are much better, much more interesting and friendly than other people expect. This podcast is about the real life, experiences, work, and personalities of Ukrainian people with a focus on the capital, Kiev, so that foreigners discover the positive truth about Ukraine, hear the voices of Ukrainians, visit the country, invest in the economy, and create more opportunities for the younger Ukrainian generations to stay and build their country. Hello, my name is Aziz, and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help clean the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me, and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me so many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then, from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to build orphanages for the children who lost their families in the war. I could not return to Ukraine in 2020 because of COVID-19, so this project is my volunteer work to help Ukraine, and thank you all so much for the support. This podcast now is ranking number one on Apple Podcasts about Ukraine, top 100 travel podcasts in Switzerland just recently, top 60 travel podcasts in the United Kingdom, top 25 travel podcasts on Apple Russia, and I imagine many, many Ukrainians in Russia are listening to the voice of their country, and top 20 on Apple Poland. My guest today is Leonid Verbov. Leonid graduated in micro and nanoelectronics from the Kiev Polytechnic Institute, was the local group president at the Board of European Students of Technology Best. He worked at Unilever, PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, EdEra, Data Forest, and now is a project manager in a social tech company called Social Boost. Leonid loves basketball and is a huge NBA fan. Leonid, how are you today? Hey there, I'm totally fine. And first of all, I would like to thank you for having me here. Uh, it is big honor after your intro, so let's enjoy. We will have fun. And to begin with some context, I know the facts and I shared some of them about your life, but what is the story that made you the Leonid of today? Um, it is a long path, as you can see. Uh, first of all, um, as I've joined our university, KPI, uh, I have understood that microelectronics um, is not the path I want to follow. So I tried to use my student life to find uh, the best option that I possibly can. So that's why I have uh, been on the different uh, short-term projects with PwC, Unilever, and um, the biggest part of my students' li life was uh, being a volunteer 
in the best board of European students of technology. And afterwards, uh, it's end up in Social Boost, where I um, enjoy my work. I bring impact, social impact to our local authorities and local communities. Okay. So if I understood you correctly, you had the strategy of thinking to know what I will enjoy and want in life. I should try different things, get lessons from what I try, and therefore it will be guiding like in a cybernetic iterative kind of way where you let life and your emotions or thoughts let you know about where to go next to know what you are meant to be doing, correct? Uh, Perfectly correct. I didn't even think in that way, but it seems it's true. (laughs) So, yeah. Thank you. And then to ask you, so how do you make decisions when it comes to what to do in life? Is it emotional? Like when something feels right compared to something that doesn't feel right, you follow that emotion? Or is it thinking that you have a thought or an image or a goal that you think, okay, logically, this gets me closer to that goal and this doesn't. So is it more emotional decision-making or uh, logical? Well, it is kind of mixed. I would like to say that I I had a plan, some kind of plan, but in the end, um, it's usually an emotional uh, decision. So uh, when I was in university, I kind of understood that um, it is a good possibility to uh, go to the IT sector from basically any period of my life. So let's try something else. And in case it won't be good for me, I will try IT uh, as a developer, I have to admit. But in the end, uh, I found out that... uh, I'm good in uh, communication with people. Uh, I like to organize events, uh, projects and stuff. And that's why how I get to notion that I want to be a project manager. And that's where I am now. I understand. So you are thinking about being a developer, but through BEST and other places, you found that you have the strength with people and ability to organize events, and therefore that led you to becoming a project manager. So to ask you then, for you as a person, which skills or what some will call the flame compared to the wax, which is what are the things you're you're very good at that you're using almost every day in project management? So maybe some people who wish to become project managers will understand the human side of what is necessary to be excellent and maybe they either improve those skills or know, okay, it doesn't sound like me, so maybe that's the wrong choice and it saved them time. So to you, what skills, abilities specifically allow you to be a good project manager? Okay, so on the side of soft skills, I would say that there are three main things that I can share. So, first of all, uh, you have to learn how to listen to the people and understand their needs. Because people love uh, when somebody can listen to them. Uh, The second thing uh, is uh, that you have to make decisions 
a lot of decisions and you have to understand which one is better in um, in just few minutes maybe or instantly even uh, that is um, can be developed through some sports game for example basketball where you have less than seconds i guess to make a decision and uh, win or or lose and the one second point... wait i know you will say the third and i love it and i would like also to ask did you learn this from mckinsey because they teach all their people if you have anything to answer always say three things if you have any argument even if you don't have three you have one say i have three reasons and then say the first and think about two others so that you seem like organized and an expert but basketball specifically i was speaking with someone who is a commentator in the nba and we were speaking Whoa. about uh, validation negative and positive validation and with him we were discussing i was saying look a lot of people are afraid of the negative criticism of people and that puts them in their shell and leads them to not be the person they are capable of being because they're afraid of that social criticism which in evolutionary terms it's normal because if you were kicked out of the tribe you basically died it, it wasn't possible to survive alone but he was speaking about the greatest basketball players that they actually use that hate or negative criticism as fuel for them to perform even better rather than shut down like most people since you love basketball and you already said that basketball develops your ability to make decisions and understand whether decision is a great or not well i'm asking you about validation do you view this as a valid point that the greatest athletes take hate and turn it into fuel for more excellence? And is it something that you succeeded in doing? Or you also would think sometimes when you do a project, oh, if, if people don't like what I'm doing, then that's not a good thing. Like you think about it. I'm not saying in anything negative, but most people will think, oh, what if people won't like it? Maybe I need to be more perfect. Okay, uh, it is a complex question. <laughs> um, firstly, not every decision will be popular, basically, in uh, every sphere, uh, especially when you're a manager or a team leader, and you have to admit it and understand that in most cases, you have to make it anyways. Um, and also, as I understand, to use this energy as a fuel, you have to understand some basics of uh, reverse psychology, you see, where each um, statement can be used um, at the same time as for criticism uh, and as a motivation. So for me, uh, it was really hard uh, process to understand that every time that I have a negative feedback, it can be used as a fuel to improve myself and uh, it can be a fuel to move forward. So that that's what I think about it. This is interesting. I had a guest, Kate, I think her last name is Gomiliuk. What she said is when she went to the US, she noticed that people leave each other uh, in peace and alone 
Well, in Ukraine, even strangers and family, especially, and everyone come and try to criticize whatever decision you're doing or making and try to give you advice. And she said, that's not good at all, but it's part of the culture. So you spoke about that. Well, to speak about the culture of Ukraine, do you notice what she said? And did you notice that you would receive such negative feedback and therefore through life you had to learn to take it as fuel? Uh, there is this kind of problem and, uh, even uh, not even, but my family is also a good example. I think for younger people, I guess it is harder to just admit everything, uh, what comes from your relatives. Don't take them into account. Just admit that they will be talking about it from, from time to time, uh when you make every new mistake they will talk about uh why did you uh do this and uh you could just ask us or you could use help of somebody but in the end um it is it is our own life and only i for example is uh, am responsible for everything what they do so in the end, the only person who can blame me or make me better in some ways, uh, it, it's me. This is wonderful. But to ask you, is this in theory or are you that kind of person? I am asking this because usually someone who doesn't uh, put too much regard to negative feedback is not super social because they do things that will be polarizing to other people that they will not like. While you said you have great social skills, you create harmony in groups, which makes me think that in reality, you do like care what people think and you don't want that negative feedback, but you try to be that stronger person that doesn't take it. Or are you that person, but you happen to either develop or have a special kind of uh, uh, path and being raised in a special way that gave you two opposite sides of the uh, social skill um, equation. So I'm not perfect. And uh, to be honest, of course, from time to time, um, it gets me, the criticism and stuff like that. But it, it all it is all about consistent work. It's, it's all about the process. And uh, I guess Philadelphia coach uh, says... So um, every time when you fall, you have to get up and move move forward. That's that's what I try to build uh, for my life. So every time when I get um, get some critical feedback, I always try to get back on the rails. I love that. It reminds me of a doll. I think it's called the Bodhisattva doll from Zed Buddhism, where every time you make it fall in any way, it stands up again. And they have uh, in Japan a saying that even if you fall 7,000 times, stand up one more time. So that's what you're expressing, or even deeper, what's in the book Fight Club, not just the movie, and also what Gary Vee shares a lot is that those critics instead of doing nothing actively disappoint them at first in life so that in the end they're like oh you 
oh, 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 we have nothing more to say because you already are the disappointment to us and then they leave you alone and from there when you lose all their respect of the critics you are free to be any person you want and there is no more danger because they have nothing more to say you already disappointed them i don't mean like to destroy your life but if someone says oh you will lose this game what if you lost that one game so that later on you can play with full freedom and happiness because they can say nothing anymore you already disappointed them and that's a strategy from fight club and from um, gary v to ask you then are there lessons from some coach in um, in basketball that you try to live with and use in your project management First of all, uh, I would say that uh, that is this what you said. That is how it usually is. So if you are successful, uh, people usually don't say uh, they say anything. Or but when you fail, they try to comment it as as uh, wider as they can. It is about your remark. Um, um, to back to the question, uh, um, I think that coaches in Ukraine they um, they push you to be physically uh, to be more physically strong, and they do not give uh, advices which will you help to be to have better motivation. Unfortunately, I couldn't revise some of it right now. I understand. So coaches in Ukraine don't focus on the mental strength and mental conditioning. They focus on the physical conditioning and strength. And that means, which is unfortunate, it means people who are lucky to be born and had a situation that made them tough psychologically will succeed. While other people who, if they learn the right way for motivation and dealing with criticism and being a clutch, like they say in NBA, mm-hmm. when the time is tough, they will play well and not crumble under stress. Well, those people won't have those skills, which is very unfortunate. Then I would, say, you about, I would also hey, add uh, that it is kind of post-Soviet. They usually think that you will grow stronger stronger in psychological way if they push you harder i understand so they think if they push you to the limit of your physical abilities automatically you will grow stronger yes. mentally yes oh then can can you relate this to the culture of ukrainian people today as a post-soviet country can you speak how are the people what seems to be the culture or the assumptions or the operating system of people in Ukraine on average? Of course, there are outliers, like every statistical distribution. There are There is the mean. That's what I'm speaking about. We don't speak about the um, tales or the outliers. If you were to describe it to someone, an extraterrestrial, <laughs> with full respect, like, someone who didn't even know what Ukraine is, and you had to convey the culture and the people okay. to them. How would you describe Ukraine? Okay, so I think Ukraine is kind of a hub where the Western culture meets the Eastern one. And that affects us in uh, basically every uh, side of the life. So if you could take, uh, for example, uh, a person from 
European Union on, or from USA, Canada, and mix them with the people from, I don't know, let's say uh, from the Middle East or uh, even just an Asian country, that would be an average Ukrainian for me. So at the same time, the, a person could be, uh, could have like strong belief in traditions and at the same time uh, he or she could be a good developer with uh, uh, a knowledge of up-to-date programming languages. So uh, to get back what you say, uh, I think the people in Ukraine don't like when uh, somebody tries to push them. If, If you try to do so, we will face it with um, a a defense reaction or something like that. So nobody likes when here to be pushed out of their limits. Do it aggressively. And it reminds me of Steph, who here said that when Ukrainians are together, they can criticize the country. But as soon as someone not Ukrainian says anything about Ukraine, they become super patriotic and defend the country, which she thought was a very interesting uh, thing happening. Then two things. One, the really younger, like the newer generation of Ukrainians is a lot more European than the other. Can you describe what you notice about their attitudes, beliefs, and ways of being as Ukrainian people? And you are someone Mm -hmm. who could have lived anywhere else in the world. What are the reasons that helped you and led you to stay in Ukraine and Kiev? Well, I would say that there is a correlation between um, the thoughts and the views uh, with uh, internet penetration in Ukraine. Um, There are still some places where um, you don't have like a good internet or um, because of, I don't know, um, maybe there is no computer in the family or something like that the people uh, watch more television and the television of course uh, has some kind of pro-soviet view on the life but at the same time when we speak about big cities where people earn more money they have enough resources to have like uh, a lot of different Uh, devices with the internet and also they could travel abroad there um, absolutely there are more pro-european pro-western views i think that that is the key when we speak about use in ukraine yes and why did you choose and stay in ukraine which is a positive thing so that we understand what are some of the reasons that could attract back or keep more of the smart people in Ukraine. It is remind me of Wild West in a good <laughs> in a good way. So in U- Ukraine is a is a place where uh, you could achieve basically any mountain. So you could become uh, very successful at everything. But there at this at the same time there are a lot of risks and. Uh, both they can be uh in the way that i don't know political situation uh and some business uh, opponents 
but you could achieve basically anything that that's why i stay <laughs> and also i was born in kiev it is a city of contrast and uh, i really love this place its energy it's absolutely amazing we could uh, talk about it more, in more detail later I love this because exactly, that's what Steph said. So maybe your best friends in secret or something. She spoke about the contrast of uh, the city in Kiev as well as the energy of that city. So it's as well as what I said that Ukrainians together will criticize Ukraine. But <laughs> if someone not from Ukraine says anything, they become defensive and defend the country even unreasonably to themselves, even something they said to themselves that is bad. But if someone else says, they're like, no, of course not. Ukraine, we're patriotic. So that's cool to ask you then. You like the Wild Wild West uh, side of Ukraine. So to you, are you someone who is a bit more creative and you like freedom and independence and you like to have no limitations? Or as a project manager, are you super organized, super structured, and you love conservatism as well as uh, limits and structures because those usually are the people who choose project management while you are speaking as someone who is more western as well as more of the creative freedom-seeking kind of person i i actually didn't think about it in that way uh i think that i i I'd, i would say that i'm more freedom lover uh maybe it is because i'm still not that experienced and i i try to find more ways to solve uh, a problem and uh, some uh, of course in some cases it is uh, unfortunate and i'm just building you know core of my mindset as a project management manager and i maybe in five years i would say that the only way to solve this problem is that 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 and that's all but right now um i'm curious about how the things are done so i try as many different options as possible and i, I want to thank my uh, my manager in social boost so that she gives me opportunity to do so in my day-to-day um, -day work this is wonderful so you right now you are curious about all the alternatives you sometimes try to come up with new ways to solve problems and sometimes that is unfortunate because there mm -hmm. is a way already to solve it but maybe you waste time by trying to solve it in a new way correct <laughs> Yeah, it sounds painful, but it is as it is. But I disagree with that 100,000% for two reasons. One, when you come up with a solution, you learn and understand at a much deeper level than someone just copying a solution from someone else. Mistakes are deep lessons that you cannot get by not making mistakes. And second, we live in a world that is constantly changing the solution that worked yesterday even might not work tomorrow so it's uh, that creative ability is very very valuable and to dive deeper on it do you have a structured process to create ideas and to think of creative solutions or are you one of those people that maybe you are walking or taking a shower 
or going uh, in nature and suddenly an idea comes to you? Yeah, I think the second option, uh, it is about me. So, um, you know, uh, there is a book, Learn How to Learn, if I'm not mistaken, by Barbara Oakley. And she says that our brain works better when we have small breaks between um, our tasks. And that's what I try to do in my day-to-day work. So, yeah, I would say that the better, so the best solutions uh, come to me when I'm not working on the task, uh, but on a walk or maybe during the basketball game or somewhere else. This is wonderful. I love that you're such a learner. And to speak about basketball, well, two things. Do you have a memory that or an experience that really made you fall in love with basketball? That's one. The second, is basketball in some ways your mini vacation from work where you get to escape a little bit, recharge yourself, get new ideas, and that's why you love it. It's in a way your meditation or mini vacation. Um, Okay. So I was born in 90s when NBA had their golden era. So the popularity of the basketball rose all around the globe because of well-known Michael Jordan uh, in Ukraine for sure. And um, my brother, my older brother, he was a huge fan. And I think that was came from my childhood when I watched a cartoon like Space Jam. And also, for sure, I have watched with my brother some games. And uh, that's how I actually understood what basketball is and why why it is so uh, cool kind of sport. And secondly, yeah, it is some kind of motivation when you lose connection with everything from daily routine and you can just free your mind and just focus on the game and afterwards you have like mental shower (laughs) in some ways and and the only good thoughts stays with you i love how you described it also if i may ask is it more of what they describe as the runner's high which is when people go for a longer run they feel like that euphoria of their movement and their body. So do you get such a feeling where you get in a great mood after a basketball uh, game or match that you play? That's one that I'm going to ask about uh, basketball fandom. So can you comment on this? I think there is something similar in basketball, but uh, basically it is when you uh, score a lot of balls in in a row. Uh, I mean, that you just uh, shoot 10 times and 10 times you are just uh, hated. That is something like uh, euphoria which runners have on their marathons or something like that. But it happens not so uh, often, you know, because you have to constantly work out to be at such a condition. And unfortunately... Or fortunately, I do not have such amount of time. 
I love that you're describing what is called more scientifically the winner effect and it's the release of serotonin from winning again and again and again. But that contradicts the philosophy of stoicism as well as what is said in Hinduism that you have the right to your labor, but you don't have the right to the fruits of your labor or to the result. Then to ask you, do you have a, a struggle with perfectionism? What I mean with this is there are two types of people in the world, at least. There are the people who say, look, you are 100% responsible for the results. If you don't get the result, it's your fault and you're a failure. Or other people who say, look, we cannot control the result. What we can control is the process. So make sure you do the process in the best way possible. Then the results, if you get a good result, it's a bonus. If you don't get a good result, well, you're satisfied with your performance. Which one not agree with, but which one do you find your personality to work in that way? Ooh, uh, a tough question for sure. Um, I guess it, it all depends on the conditions of the situation you are in. So I could not agree for 100% that everything in life depends only on my, on my abilities and uh, w- what I'm doing. And I'd like to stick with this, um, as you say, stoicism statement that we only uh, or it's buddhism i i'm not quite sure but yeah i would stay with um, we only control the process and uh, the results cannot be 100 percent on us so i'm some kind of middle of these two polar <laughs> uh, statements great then, without speaking about social boost too much specifically, but to you personally, why is it important that you have a social impact? And was there a story or an experience or a situation that made you really care and become much more involved in social matters? Well, <clears throat> for the countries like Ukraine and I think for all, but like in first priority Ukraine, uh, we deal with a lot of political issues, for example, corruptions, lack of transparency, and stuff like that. So, for so the easiest solution in some ways is to have uh, everything on the website and to transfer different uh, interactions with the government, with the local authorities to the internet and that's what we are doing we create in software which allows citizens to track or monitor work of their um, local government and also participate uh, in the social and political life of their community or city this is the main thing what we do and we believe that bringing bringing all of these interactions to the internet uh, create an inclusive transparent and very powerful platform for uh, development of social community inside specific country that is a very important project and initiative and i support it 100 thousand percent and to you (laughs) 
asking specifically, like, did you see some situation that made you realize and think either, oh, wow, my work is so important. It did this beautiful, positive thing uh, for the life of this specific family or person? Or did you see someone get in pain and a problem because of something that you are happy to solve through social boost? That is also a tough question. Um, I'm, well, one of the biggest parts of our job is to create an online platform for publicitary budgeting. Uh, it is a process when the citizens uh, decide directly in the, on the website to which project, city project, they can uh, to give money. So as a citizen of Kyiv, I could vote for from three to five projects which could be developed and released inside of the city. So it could be a new court, basketball court, <laughs> or it can be a new uh, road signs or small repairment of something uh, in schools and hospitals and basically everywhere. Uh, it could be a new medical uh, equipment. Uh, so uh, in this year, in 2020, we had, I guess, four uh, regional publicitary budgeting processes in four oblasts. Uh, this is, uh, uh, you know, a synonym for region in Ukrainian. Uh, in two of those four, uh, the winners, uh, the project who, who won, we are the project about medical equipment. So it is really amazing uh, to see the results, to understand uh, people's needs. We gather a lot of analytics, which could be used in forming spendings for our government. I hope maybe after your podcast, somebody will pay attention to it and we could even empower uh, our results but at the same time i think that the, the group of people who may be suffering from our ideas is the one which are corrupted in, in the ways that they want to solve some problem with uh, only when they get money from it so i'm not i i do not worry about them <laughs> I understand, and it's actually a wonderful, wonderful initiative. Well, as a conclusion to this, can you share anything you wish to share, as well as if people want to learn more about Social Boost or about you, which websites or links or social media they should go for? Okay, I will start with the Social Boost. We have uh, a website, where a landing page, where we share our projects where you can see uh, more about them and also we have a good facebook page uh, same it's named social boost but unfortunately it is on ukrainian so you could use facebook translation for it but it not but it might be not uh, with a good quality um, also, we have separate websites for our biggest projects. Um, it is Dosvit, webs it is SaaS platform for local communities to develop their own sites. And um, Romatsky project, 
It is a platform which automates uh, publicitary budgeting processes inside local communities and cities. Uh, we have more like 100 partners all around Ukraine. So you could learn from that site. I think I will give you the necessary links and you could find more about it on them. And what about me? Um, there are two options, basically. It is Facebook, Leonid Verbov, and uh, LinkedIn, the same. Yeah. Please share any like lesson or advice as well as this was so valuable. I'm really happy and I enjoyed this episode very much. Do you have any words also to share? Because I will write the website for Social Boost as well as your LinkedIn in the description. Oh, thank you. Ukraine, it is a hidden treasure for any curious person all around globe because, first of all, we have a lot of different historical and um, historical sites. We have beautiful architecture all around Ukraine. Uh, so it is really the place which is worth uh, visiting as a tourist. And also, it is a place where you could live as a king, especially if you're a foreigner, because uh, life in Ukraine and in Kyiv might be pretty cheap for you. For example, I know one Australian guy who worked in London, and at, at, at the some point of uh, his life, he decided to move to Kyiv and work in London. <laughs> Uh, at the same time, so he wanted to uh, somehow combine visiting office and uh, living in Kiev. Also, I, I would say just a couple of words about IT sector. Um, it is developing from year to year. And if you're looking for uh, some developers uh, or want to outstaff or to outstaff your developments, uh, you should basically look closer at Ukraine because we have like good quality for our development. We have good uh, people working there. And also it's not that uh, expensive. So you could get really good results in uh, short costs. And uh, thank you for being here with us. Uh, I really appreciate what Aziz does and uh, I hope that he will achieve basically any desired result and I will uh, support everything what, what he does. And I really thank him for everything that he do, he is doing for Ukraine. Thank you so much for the kind words. It means a lot to me. And honestly, I wish you a wonderful 2021 and to Ukraine and to higher heights and better in every way. Thank you.